It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, it feels like this is the the last day before the storm. The next, what, four to five days are going to be absolutely insane. Why? Is something something happening? I, I uh, I wasn't aware. Yeah, yes, NBA it, NBA playoffs. NBA playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's funny. I I, I was at, I mean, side story. I was at work and I was talking to a buddy, and I came into the office, and he had the game, the, the basketball game. I was the Sixers game, and and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It's the uh, NBA playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly like it's, the way I feel right now. It's so out of my consciousness, right? I mean, I'm not a basketball guy at all, anyways. But just with everything else going on, and including. Uh, the crown jewel of the weekend that, well, I mean, for some, the draft, which uh, obviously kicks off, you know, just about 36 hours. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, all right. Today, with our last episode before the draft takes place, we are going to answer some of your Twitter questions. Uh, we have a few that I want to talk about. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Uh, okay. Uh, our first question comes from Sean. Uh, I hear Solomon Thomas may become available. Is there any way we can make a move for him? I think 58 would be well worth it. Uh, that seems a little expensive for me. But uh, what do you think about for Solomon Cowboys Thomas? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Well, I, what has he done over the last two years? I mean, uh, I, I don't. You don't think he would be worth the 58th pick? It feels expensive for a guy that hasn't really done much in the last two years, right? Uh, total of four sacks in two years with the 49ers. Is he really a defensive tackle or is he an end? I don't know, but I, I do know that, like, hmm, I, I guess how should I say this? If the Cowboys are trading for him, I, I, I'm interested in it. Because I, I think you know the I, I think the idea is that if they they're going for it, then they have a plan for him. I, I just never understood the San Francisco and taking him in the first place. Yeah, you three know? felt really expensive too. You know what I mean? That they felt like a big uh, reach at the time, but they were playing a three-four when they drafted him, right? Yeah, and they already had you know two other guys who were also kind of playing similar positions. What they would play him at, you know, I mean, he's kind of a different body type than uh, than the, those other two, than uh, Arik Armstead and uh, what's the name Buckner. 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 Um, Buckner and Buckner is a fantastic player, you know, but I, I think you know that, that always was confusing to me, and, and I always wondered why that played out, and I've I've wondered if that has played into his you know his inability to find production 
uh, because of just kind of you know him being a difficult tweener. I understand that, uh, but I, I also think that with the confusion going on in that defensive line room and in that organization in general, uh, I could understand why he hadn't produced. I, I don't know, like I liked him a lot, and I coming out, and I think he could fit what they're doing, um, especially if. I guess my point is, is that if the Cowboys are interested in him, then they clearly would. Ha- that means that they have a plan for him, and I trust that Marinelli, if he believes he can get something out of that guy, that that particular ball of clay, I would believe him. I I, I don't know. Like I, I think he has traits that obviously made him a first round pick, and I think he was deserving of of top you know half of the first round pick. I, I just didn't think. You know, I just was confused by number three overall, and by the fact that the you know the Forty ers took him. Okay, I might need to rethink my opinion here really quickly because as you were talking, I wandered over over to mock draftable, and just put Solomon Thomas as yeah. a defensive tackle. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, he could be a much a much better version of of Tyrone Crawford. Are, are you ready for this? I'm gonna, I'm going to read you just the percentiles for Solomon Thomas as a defensive tackle. Okay. Yeah. 40-yard dash, 99 percentile. Vertical jump, 97 percentile. Broad jump, 99 percentile. Three-cone, 99 percentile. 20-yard shuttle, 95th percentile. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> this is – and he's a Dallas guy. He's from Dallas. Oh, is he really? If I remember correctly, he went to, uh, 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 like, South Lake Carroll, if I'm not if I'm, if I'm mistaken. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's right. He, but I, I, I know he is from Dallas. I don't know what high school – but he went to he, like he's from Dallas, so like this is, it, it could be a good match. I mean, you, you bring a kid home, you, you you get him with a defensive line coach who knows how to deal with these kind of players. You know, I I, I wouldn't be opposed to this. How about a hypothetical trade of Taco Charlton for Solomon Thomas? Get Sounds like here. a great trade for everybody. Get out of right? here! Get out of here! Okay, let's but let's play this out though. Let's say at fifty eight, the Cowboys are dead set on acquiring a defensive tackle. Would you rather have Tristan Hill or would you rather have Solomon Thomas? Because that's almost a decision you have to make at that point, right? Solomon Thomas. Is it I'm, even close for you? I'm, look, we're talking about whether we would be comfortable with with Tristan Hill at 58. Like, I mean, to me, I, 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 I have said, I have made a statement, and I felt like I needed to make this statement because it's it, it certainly isn't, you know, inherent that I would be comfortable if the Cowboys took Tristan Hill at 58. I'd be okay with that. That doesn't mean I'd be excited about it. Dude, if, if we, we had an opportunity to trade for Solomon Thomas for the 58th pick, uh, that would I would do that. that. I think that's almost better than anything else that could land to you at 58. You like, might I, don't, have I don't really me. understand. You like, might have convinced me. <laughs> what? You might have convinced me a little bit because I, I, I the athleticism like, what, is so ridiculous. His athleticism is ridiculous. Yeah, I think you know he's he's been kind of you know put on a team where he's uh, miscast a little bit. I think he's in a he's a tweener type, but he's also on on teams. Like I said, he's in a very particular case, and he is a very particular player, uh, and the kind of player that the Cowboys have had success with in the past. So. All these things make me very confident that I, I would, yeah. I mean, look, you're hoping to get a 75% version of this dude at 58. Like, we would be we would be happy at, at getting Zach Allen, who is like an 80% version of Solomon Thomas. So what are we talking about? Of course we would trade 58 for Solomon Thomas. 
How old is he? He's not. He's probably not even 23 years old yet. He's, he, he'll be 24 this year. Okay. Well, I mean, even then. He's 24 with two years of NFL experience. That's like an Amari Cooper uh, on the defensive line level trade. <laughs> his guaranteed salary this year is $3 million. Next year is $4 million. So you're going to be paying a little bit more than when you would pay for that pick. You'd only have two years of him. Uh, you would have the fifth-year option in case things worked out. I guess I don't feel like it was, it's going to cost you a second-round pick. I kind of feel like a third and maybe a conditional pick might That's be great. able to do That's great. Give him 90 and taco. <laughs> I'll take it. I mean, look. I mean, a they, real they, taco they, they or might take taco that. Charlton? Sure, either one. <laughs> Whichever one they value higher. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's, that, that'd be tough. Shanahan and, and Lynch, they seem like health guys. They probably wouldn't be eating tacos. But probably. All right. Yeah, you might have convinced me there. I, I kind of like that one. That's that's at least at least something to keep an eye on. Who knows if the Cowboys have any trade interest? I just know Adam Schefter on NFL Live, I think it was on Monday, said that uh, the 49ers would be open to moving him. So uh, something to kind of keep an eye on. If maybe if the Cowboys strike out at defensive tackle at 58, maybe if Tristan Hill is off the board by 90. You know, if you could if you could lead the draft with safety of your choice, and then. Say if you could leave the draft with safety of your choice, and then you know Solomon Thomas late. I think that makes a lot of sense. All right, Landon. Our next question comes from James. Uh, he wants to know uh, who are some of our favorite potential undrafted free agent signings. Uh, he listed a couple: uh, Mike Weber, the running back from Ohio State; Chris Westry, the cornerback from Kentucky; Dre Greenlaw from Arkansas. Cole Holcomb from North Carolina. Do you have any guys that you're just kind of targeting as p- maybe potential UDFAs? Yeah, I mean, all those guys to me seem like they could get drafted. Uh, you know, whether it's seventh round or you know just late. Or and if not, then yeah, I think all those are guys that you're looking at as PFAs, priority free agents. Um, you know, I you know I, it's not. I think everyone's well known that the the, the whole idea of the seventh round is to not have to compete for the PFA guys that you are planning to get at the end of the draft. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's why I kind of consider all those guys uh, seventh rounders. Holcomb, I think, is likely to get drafted. Um, uh, the the Kentucky corner kid. Um, I, I think he probably could get drafted uh, late just because, you know, I think that there will be people that don't want to compete with uh, everyone else on the on the. Uh, Priority free priority free agent market, um, I, you know. Give me give me some of the other names that were on there. Uh, Greenlaw, uh, I think Greenlaw is a guy that they Greenlaw, could, I mean, yeah. Greenlaw is definitely a target. If, if he doesn't get drafted, I would, you know, get almost bet good money that he will sign with the Cowboys after uh, after the draft. There's the uh, receiver from Toledo. I remember they brought in that they like a little bit. I think Which he was one? in Dallas. <laughs> Not Deontay Thompson, the or yeah, Deontay Johnson is the other one. Uh, okay. I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they go in one of those directions. Um, the other guy that I kind of like a little bit is Elijah Holyfield. Uh, yes. Ran what a four eight four. I, I kind of don't see him getting drafted uh, just because of his speed, but to me that seems like a guy that you sign as a UDFA. Wouldn't be surprised if he ends up making your roster and becoming, you know, your backup running back. We've seen him play at Georgia and play well at Georgia, so I think that's at least a guy to to kind of consider. Um, 
Any thoughts on Holyfield real quick before we move on? No, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah very – very good chance he doesn't get drafted, but clearly he's produced at a high level, and and that speed didn't stop him there. I think he could be a guy that you know gets signed as a uh, as a backup running back and and surprises some people in the NFL because everyone forgot that time speeds aren't everything with running backs. All right, um, this question it's not really a question. It's more of a he wants us to talk about potential trade back situations from friend of the show Bobby Cummings. Um, he kind of laid out two different scenarios. And, Landon, just tell me if either of these would be attractive to you. So let's say the Cowboys get wiped out at 58. Uh, there's not a, a safety there you, that you like. Maybe Tristan Hill's not there. Maybe he is there and you, you don't feel entirely comfortable drafting at 58. Uh, you tell me which of these ones you like better. Jacksonville gives up number 69 and 98, one of the last picks in the third round, 458. Or New England gives up 73 and 94. Which one would you rather have? All right, so I'm sorry, give it to me one more time. 60, 69, and 98 from Jacksonville. So you're nice. dropping. Just, no, I just want to say that. Nice. Okay, 69 yes, and 98. Very, very nice. Nice. Uh, the next one is 73 and 94 from New England. And this is for our 58? For 58. So would you, if you drop down from 58 to 73, you get a higher third round pick. But if you drop down from 58 to 69, you still get pick 98 to work with. You know, I, I mean, I think just looking at the way the boards have been falling and like a lot, I mean, and you know, who knows even how good our simulations are. Usually they're terrible when you think about like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, just kind of based on the information that I've gotten out of this, I, I would say that I probably would rather do the 69 to nice to 98 yep. uh, because I, I just think that when I look at it, I'm so when I get to 58, I, I feel like I'm just I'm getting a, a, a selection of people that I'm okay with. I think if we, but 69 might really stretch that ability to get to a. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I yeah, feel but like I feel like at 69, I can come up with five names of guys I feel comfortable there who I don't think will make it to 90, but feel a little rich at 58. For example. Joe Juan Williams, a guy that I love. I feel like it's a little rich at 58, but at 69, perfect. Tristan, Tristan Hill, Hill is another Tristan one. Tristan Hill is perfect at, at, this, well, at this spot. And, and you know what I'm saying? Even, like, a guy that, even a guy that I don't love at 58, but like Isaiah Johnson. I would be If, if I took sure. Isaiah Johnson okay. at 69 and was able to grab a third-round pick to help me address another position, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think I feel the same way. I, I, I just think it opens it up a little bit more. Um. Plus, it allows you to draft some other. Like, if the Cowboys are dead set at drafting a running back, and I have, and I can use pick ninety-eight to grab it, it's fine. You know what I mean? I can still grab. Yeah. I can still grab another starter or a contributor. It feels at like 90. it gives you a lot more freedom to draft a running know. back and not complain about it. Well, yeah. Also well, I mean, just just you know, feel like you can use those 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 life. You know, you well, use those use those extra lives that you get. You know, a, a little more freely. It's just like it's like a it's like a video game. You just play it a little bit more aggressive. Right. You know, well, it's it, like I just think I, yeah, I think it gives you more opportunities to, to say hey, if I if I want to go get this other extra guy at this at the spot, I'm not feeling like I'm I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul to, in order right. to get a running back. And I feel like if they drop down 11 picks and I, I'm able to grab like an Emmanuel Hall with my extra third round pick. I feel way better about doing that than having him be one of my top two picks of this class, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, sure. I don't want to have to rely on him, but if I can grab him with a pick that we acquired via trade, I feel a little bit better about that. 
All right, our next question comes from Fake Stephen Jones. Love this one. Uh, worst decision the Cowboys made this Steven off Jones. season, and the Love best decision they made. Please, can Marcus specifically answer this question? Uh, <laughs> sure, I will go first. Uh, the best decision I thought was uh, trading for Robert Quinn. Um, you can never have enough pass rush. I think Robert Quinn is going to excel as a number two rusher opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, giving up, what was that, a six-round pick for Quinn is nothing. You're renting him for a year. If, he, if it goes well, you're going to get get a comp pick back. If, it's, if it doesn't go well, it's only a one-year deal. Um, but I envision him being a 8 to 10 potential sack guy. Uh, worst decision, I hated that they left Cole Beasley go. I, I thought that was a guy that Prescott really trusted. Uh, and then just worked well in the offense, especially when you had Omari and Cooper out, or Omari and Gallup out there. Uh, I think they're going to miss Beasley. So, Landon, your thoughts on the best and worst moves this offseason? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think I kind of agree Robert Quinn is uh, the best move. Also, would say Kerry Hyder and Chris Covington on basically one-year deals that cost nothing are, are great. I, I don't really hate any of their moves, like because I don't feel like they've done anything that's like, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I guess you can make an argument for Beasley, but even then, like, I, I, I'm waiting to see what the offense as a whole looks like, you know, because I, I, I have a feeling that part of the reason that they didn't want to re-sign Beasley is. Uh, just how you know singularly he has to be used, you know. Absolutely, so, yeah. so I, I'm kind of reserving a judgment on that until I see exactly what we have out of the offense. But, um, you know, I think that that's definitely a possible one. You know, maybe you know the Earl Thomas thing now that we look back and see the price and everything for it like I'm kind of okay with it too like I just I don't know I I think I I, I'm not I'm the things that I'm not sure that I liked or not I want to wait and see how things develop but I would probably give the same answers you did yeah we'll see I mean if they can find a slot receiver in the draft, or if Randall Cobb can give you 85 to 90 percent, I don't think you're going to worry too much. Well, about yeah, and again, and, and if Cooper's playing in the slot more too, with the idea that you, you know, like, yeah, if, if, if you're if you're rotating people out of those spots a lot more, if, if you're, you know, like, if more people are playing in the slot, then I feel like that explains why the idea that that Beasley wasn't worth the money that they're going to pay him because the money would have required him to be on the field all the time and if that's the case then you know you, you don't really have the opportunity to kind of rotate other people into that position uh, and it kind of limits what you could do with the rest of your wide receivers and I think that's more what they're trying to avoid is is that they, they I think they want to start moving Cooper around more uh, and let him run routes from different spots uh, and you know Beasley because uh, you know in, in the same ways that Dez was kind of strictly an outside guy Beasley is basically strictly an inside guy so right. uh, they, they wanted to kind of break that mold of having strictly inside and strictly outside guys really quickly two of my favorite underrated moves and Landon please feel free to jump in here and give your commentary uh, I love bringing Tavon Austin back when we did our yeah. uh, review shows anytime Tavon Austin was in the game he made plays whether it was in the return game on jet sweeps as a receiver. I really like him. I, I still think he can be a valuable part of this offense, especially with uh, Kellen Moore and getting Sean Lee to accept a pay cut, basically. 
I, I thought Sean Lee was not very good last year. Uh, but if you can get him in a limited role where you know you're not going to have to have him play a lot of snaps and you keep him behind uh, Jalen Smith and uh, Leighton Vander Esch, I, I, I think that's a home run. I think he gives, he gives you a, a great insurance there. Um, and being able to keep him on a pretty, pretty significant pay cut uh, was a home run for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think with Tavon, you know, it's, there's lots of snickers. There's lots of you know, t- talk from other teams. I think people assumed when Tavon was acquired that the idea was that that the expectation should be that he was, you know, if, if he didn't become a number two wide receiver or, or at that point maybe number one wide receiver on this team, that uh, that it was uh, what, what the cow- what are the Cowboys even doing? And I think what's happened is that they've gotten the guy in here. He's bought into playing a role. I think when he plays that role and they avail him of that role, he's a very useful piece. Uh, and I think for what they're paying for him and and, and you know what. We didn't draft him in eight, eighth overall, you know what I'm saying? No. So like, no. we're using him appropriately, I think, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, yeah, what more he, we can, he can bring in the future. Really, it's just about with him staying healthy, and, and right. if, and if he can stay healthy, we, we can get more good stuff out of him. I feel. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love Tavon, and plus he's a great character guy. They yeah, love him totally. in the locker room. Hard worker, you know, humble. I mean, all those guys respect him because they know. Look, he didn't have a great pro resume. He does. He has done some stuff in this league. He just oh, yeah. hasn't lived up to the eighth overall pick. But absolutely, I, I think he still holds water because the people in that locker room they know Tavon Austin's name. They they've seen him. Uh, play against Oklahoma, West Virginia, even though that was seven years ago, whatever, eight years ago. It, I think there's he he holds some water in that room, and he's bought in. He's he's bought into playing a role, and I think that shows a lot of respect for the coaching staff, and that rubs off on young players. He absolutely could have sat out the rest of the season. He had a pretty bad groin injury last year that could have required surgery. Oh yeah, and, and he's but, not a big dude. Like, and his whole no. game is based on speed and quickness. He worked incredibly hard to get back on the field and try to make an impact at the end of the year, and he did. And uh, yeah, and I the think, Seattle game was a perfect example. He had two punt returns that changed the field position of the game, and he looked like he was fifty percent healthy at best. But uh, he's really talented. I, I think he's a fantastic guy to have as your fourth or fifth receiver on a team. Um, Last question, Landon, from at Mr. Hot Nichols. Nice. Would you rather trade up for Taylor Rapp and lose your third-round pick or risk that someone within need will fall to the Cowboys at 58? What do you think? You know, this is – it's interesting because they kind of examined this last night on the draft show, right? Like they were talking about whether or not the, the foul the, – the, the, the unseen uh, pitfalls of not trading up to get your guy, and and what can happen, and you know, you get to fifty eight, take someone you don't like, and then get to ninety, and you take another guy you don't like. Um, you know, I, I think that that's possible that you, you could get to both those spots, and then have choices that you don't necessarily love, and then wish with hindsight that you had traded up for the guy you do like. Um, I you know. It I'm not trade. I, I like rap. I think he would be a fantastic pick at 58. But I'm not it's giving up a third round up. pick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I especially agree. for a guy that I have some questions about him. Like, I, I, he's certainly not a clean prospect, right? No, because he's not of his, completely clean. No, because of his lack of speed, there are some concerns there. But when I take him at 58, I feel good about the player yeah having to give up two picks to that guy makes me really really nervous that's a whole different thing i know and i agree i I think that 
if you're talking about me giving up 90 to go up and get them, that's, I feel like that's too much. Yeah. 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 All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Enjoy the first day of the draft. We will probably be back here on Friday to at least talk about some of the guys that are available for the Cowboys at Pick 58. And we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.